Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Potcotter, and you're listening to Call Talk for May 13th, 2020. Today's topic is how artificial intelligence is transforming contact centers and saving you money. If you're listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you do it. Email me at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at benchmarkportal.com any time of the day. And now I would like to introduce the host of the show, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Alan, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Now, does your contact center struggle with scaling call capacity in this time of COVID-19? With uh, latency way up and completed calls dropping, could you tap into artificial intelligence to make your calls smarter and cheaper? Well, we're finding that there's a lot of confusion about artificial intelligence in the contact center, and that's why we brought in an expert on the topic for you, uh, Tim McLean from Think. That's Think with a Q, not a K. So welcome to the show, Tim. Bruce, thanks for having me on. Okay, great. Well, so a quick introduction before we dive in. Uh, Tim is a passionate technologist at heart with more than 25 years of marketing experience, and he's been dedicated to spreading the word on cloud-based systems. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's helped bring four Internet startups to life since 1993, and he spent several years as a newspaper reporter and TV news producer and has enjoyed marketing management stints at ProQuest and NetSertive. Uh, he holds a B.S. in telecommunication from Cutstown University in Pennsylvania and makes his home with wife Debbie and son William in North Carolina, where he's an avid bike rider and craft beer drinker, which, uh, Tim, I think it's just a great combination. Uh, you know, I understand that if you do enough of both of those things, you'll just have incredible insights into A.I., of course, depending on which order you do them in, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Got to be careful. <laughs> Got to be careful. So, Tim, anyway, we're, we're, you say that we're already living in an AI economy. Uh, could you give yeah. our audience some examples of what you mean? Yeah, it's, Bruce, it's pretty incredible how artificial intelligence is really uh, impacting all of our lives. Um, and, and it's very much uh, hidden from view. There's some things that we take for granted, and there's some new technologies that are that are in front of us, some of us, some of them are available today, some of them are going to be available very soon, that are all powered by artificial intelligence and kind of a flavor of AI called machine learning. So just to give you an example, for instance, we all have seen these self-driving trucks and cars, you know, the biggest brand name out there is Tesla, right? So really the dream of a Tesla is you can sit in that car, it will read your calendar, it will tell, it will say, hey, Tim's sitting in the driver's seat, he has a meeting in 15 minutes at you know, at Call Talk headquarters, and literally um, it will turn itself on, it will start navigating, and it will, you'll just sit there and be able to do work, and it will do all the heavy lifting using all of the sensors that are built into that car. So it already knows from the map application how to get there, but then there's all these sensors detecting people and cars in front of it, whether there's, you know, a red light, a green light. We, we've all seen these things. And not all of that's available today, but most of it is. So if you bought a new Tesla and you paid the extra $6,000 for the self-driving package, it would be able to do almost all of that for you right now today. Um, another example of AI out there is robotic surgery. So that is tapping into sort of connecting remote locations over the cloud. 
and then using robotics and some flavors of artificial intelligence to do some very minute movements of these instruments to actually do robotic surgery. It's fascinating. It's changed tremendously in the last three years. And I think another one that we've seen is our chatbots as well. And as a marketer, I've set up multiple flavors of chatbots over the years. And just in the last, again, two or three, these, these chatbots have become very intelligent, not in and of themselves. We're not, you know, this is not Skynet, right? This is being able to feed data, right, to a machine, to a computer, to make it smart. So over time, as things change, as people's interactions with that chatbot change and the, the options that they're able to make and how they're routed, are they rating it successfully? Is there enough sediment that what it's doing is good? It just gets better over time. And, and again, that's the machine learning that can actually, you know, artificially change it. I mean, we've all gone to websites lately and those chatbots pop up. And I'll tell you what, I literally just paid here in North Carolina, kudos to them. They just set up a chatbot to help you do just about anything at their DMV. And it's like having a chat window instead of having to talk to a person, because we all know we don't want to have to go to the DMV, right? But that is powered by a flavor of AI called machine learning. And last but not least, guys, is smart robotics. So go look up uh, Boston Dynamics and look at that little yellow sort of dog robot that uh, can be programmed to do certain tasks. And again, that's a flavor of AI called machine learning. And it can, it can actually, you know, it works on construction sites. It can actually be a bomb sniffing type, literally a dog. Um, AI is really, it's, it's in a lot of places and it's really impacting a lot of different sectors. It, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, fascinating. Those examples that you just gave us. So one of the things, Tim, you say is that uh, one of the ways AI has made our lives easier is speech recognition. Uh, which mm -hmm. wraps into what you're talking about. So tell us about that and then relate it to the contact center world that our audience deals with every day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, uh, Bruce, I'm, I don't know how old you are. I'm not going to ask you. That'd be rude. But I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just about to, I'm about to crack the big 5-0, okay? So I was kind of lucky enough to really get into the workforce back in 93, right, which is coincidentally the first year that the first web browser came out. But some other things that were going on back in, in 93 and 94 was, I think all of us may um, remember the Apple Newton, right? It was kind of a yep. luxury Palm Pilot, you know? Yep. And mm -hmm. the thing about the Newton that people loved was here you had this little handheld unit that you could actually, you know, scribble on it with, with, a, with a stylus, and it would try to interpret your handwriting. And I say try because it didn't do a fantastic job. But they would have to – they were updating that software constantly and repetitively to make it better. It was kind of a laughing stock back then. But it did get better, but it took a long time. It never really fully came into its own. And what I like to say is – and, again, that was, you know, again, the early 90s. What it was really missing was two things. It was missing artificial intelligence, and it was missing the cloud. Because another – if we take the Newton and put it aside, what did the Newton get replaced with? Well, it was an iPhone, right? And what does the iPhone do really, really well today? It does almost, almost perfect speech recognition, right? So instead of typing on, the, on that piece of glass with your fat, with my fat thumbs, I should say, not yours, uh, it, you, can, you can actually not have to do that anymore. You can just talk into it. And really, so that feature was added to the iPhone right after the iPhone 4 came out in 2011. And guess what? It was also pretty terrible right out of the gate. But what, but what happened? In the meantime, as we all know, Apple has opened up tons of different data centers around the country. And as people use that application, as they have been using it, 
just like the Amazon Alexa. Through the magic of artificial intelligence, machine learning, and the cloud, it's been gathering massive amounts of data of people talking and it figuring out how to interpret that into actual text. So the longer that it's being used, you know, the more data that's available, the, the really cheap storage that's available in the cloud, the better it's gotten. And that's really how machine learning, <clears throat> you know, has made that better. And now it's really come into the contact center, you know, and thanks to the cloud, you know, our IVRs and our technology that we're using to power our contact centers are also getting smarter, you know, every day. Wow. Okay. I, I want to get to that in a moment, but uh, first, Tim, what are you hearing uh, from contact centers in recent weeks with the coronavirus pandemic? Uh, what are the, the biggest challenges they're facing? Yeah, it's a great question. And I'll tell you, as soon as, you know, mid-March came around and a lot of people pulled up stakes and went home, turned on their VPNs, right, sent their contact center people, a lot of them home. Not all of them are home. A lot of them had to stay sort of socially distant in the office. It just depends on the company. But as soon as that happened, we started to hear uh, from people who were really having trouble um, with scaling to meet demand, right? And, you know, um, especially with VPN traffic, you know, this is all, again, this is all the cloud. This is all in the internet. So suddenly we went from having really nice fat internet pipes to the cloud, you know, at our office buildings, and now we distributed that workforce at home. So, you know, scale his, scaling to meet demand was probably the first thing that we started to hear about. Um, but then next, very quickly after that, we heard about latency issues, you know, poor audio quality. And we find actually through our technology that call completion rates are down below 10%, you know, for some of our partners. And it's because of these latency issues and these demand issues. So really kind of the solution that folks are looking for was a smarter solution um, to their current carrier. You know, most contact centers have one, and if they're lucky, they have a second carrier that they can scale over to. Uh, but right. because... Yeah, because costs are also a big deal and retaining staff is key. You know, <clears throat> I wanted to say too that, you know, we've all heard about these paycheck protection loans, these PPP loans have gone out to a lot of companies, but contact center firms in particular are really looking at that bottom line, right? They're always trying to make their cost of goods go down. So I think in the contact center, scale is an issue, latency is an issue. They're trying to save money to make sure that they can keep operating, right? Keep as much staff as they can. And they want to add additional carriers, you know, to keep their call quality up. And, again, this is really where, you know, we, it all circles back to artificial intelligence. Right, right, absolutely. So, so review, review for us uh, the ways artificial intelligence has really made its way into the contact center to address some of these things that you're talking about. Yeah, so there's a few ways that uh, AI – and, and machine learning, right, these, these types of technologies have made their way into the contact center. So the first thing is we've all heard of IVRs, right, interactive voice response technologies. They've been around a long time. And those technologies feel pretty intelligent to our customers. So we know that this is basically, you know, a piece of technology that's programmed to behave in a certain way to provide, you know, call trees and other services to, to our end users, right? Um, uh -huh. But machine learning in the cloud, you know, are also a new and important part of sort of the modern technology stack for contact centers. So the first way that we're seeing it impact things is with uh, faster call resolution. So with AI, you know, calls to the contact center, they can be answered, you know, at any time. Uh, many of these, especially if they're simple problems, you know, are starting to be handled or are handled on the very first try. So that call resolution is faster. So call resolution made smarter. The next is, you know, better quality resolution. So 
you know, our customers can use these tools to get faster answers, but also have a, have a much better chance of getting their problems addressed, you know, on that first call. So, you know, first call resolution, as you guys know, has always been the gold standard and artificial intelligence, you know, really kind of goes out of its way in its use to make sure that the odds of that happening actually, you know, occur as often as possible. And yeah, also, you know, you can think that that, yeah. that really makes sense, uh, Tim. I was just thinking that because uh, when you have a situation in which, uh, you know, you have the human element oftentimes turns over reasonably quickly in call centers. And so you have to have retraining and therefore there isn't the same consistency that you can get with a, an AI machine learning type of situation. Um, you know, the consistency of uh, response uh, for those kinds of questions can be a lot better. And therefore, as you say, the uh, the resolution can be faster and better quality. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think, um, you know, we know we can always take automation too far. You know, not everybody likes to talk to a machine or punch through a series of prompts. Uh, but now, as you know, anybody who's used an IVR lately, mostly voice enabled, you know, when it's done really well and correctly, not only does it lead to that first call resolution, but it also just makes the experience better, you know, for the end user. So Bruce, I was going to say too, another really important element of this is cost savings. So, you know, if you can have a higher quality automated system on hand, you know, customers can place their calls at any time of the day or night, um, even without the contact center needing to be staffed, because again, that IVR is doing the heavy lifting and getting the answers that they need. So one of the ways that, that some cost center, uh, sorry, some contact centers have saved money is that, you know, there's no more need to pay a premium for third shift contact center help, uh, and even for such help at all, at all with artificial intelligence, you know, better able to handle, you know, the basics. You're never going to be able to replace people, but you can still resolve those calls better. Uh, but I want to say this, Bruce, I want to transition to, you know, artificial intelligence, all those things are great. It has not gotten down to sort of the voice carrier level uh, until very recently. So, <clears throat> you know, you think about an intelligence system, right, that lives in the cloud on the Internet. So, one of the things that this new technology allows you to do is just make a very simple code change to that IVR, no matter what software or platform is powering it. We all know the big guys out there. What can happen is, is that as soon as a call, you know, comes into the center or leaves the center, this intelligence, uh, again, powered by machine learning, can see, you know, where the call is coming from and where it's going to, which, of course, is the most important thing. Um, the technology can look across multiple voice carriers, not just one, you know, all at the same time. It can look to see if, you know, for instance, let's just talk about an outbound call, right? So your contact center is making an outbound call to an end user. So the system knows, you know, obviously where it's coming from, which is the contact center, but also where is it going? Let's say it's going to California, it's going from New York to California. So the first thing it does is it's going to look across a whole bunch of carriers between the East Coast and the West Coast. It's going to see who has an outage, who's having a known um, quality issue. It's going to avoid them, and it's going to determine the best route across multiple carriers to deliver the highest you know, call quality at the best price, and then it's going to send it on its way. And by the way, that takes about one to two-tenths of a second right, to do that, this technology. And wow. what's great is, is that, yeah, it's actually updated you know, every week or two, depending on how the carriers, when they release their price books, with what are the costs for all those millions of routes between the East and the West Coast, which one is the highest quality at the least possible cost? So, again, a lot of people on this uh, listening now may have heard of, you know, least cost routing systems or LCRs in the past, but LCRs have really matured in the last three to four years 
Um, and again, it's because they're using this machine learning and AI into something, you know, I really like to call them best route platform because, again, it's doing that lookup. It's sending that call off and making sure that a carrier picks it up, completes it, you know, more often than average at the best possible price, you know, again, using machine learning and artificial intelligence. Hmm. Well, it sounds fascinating, Tim, and it sounds complicated. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can understand it. It does sound complicated. Like, as you can, you can tell at the intro, I've, you know, help bring a couple startups to life. I love the technical side of things, but the marketer in me is always trying to boil it down. So really what I say is the great thing about the, you know, these new contact center artificial intelligence technologies is you don't have to think about them. You literally just make, you know, a single line of change, right? It's uh, in, your, in your code for the system that you have now. It's called an API. A lot of you, you know, on the call have probably heard of an API. It's basically a very simple programming language that allows you to add this technology to any existing contact center. And, you know, your rep is going to auto-dial numbers, and the technology really does the rest without any intervention. They don't even need to know that it's there. So instead of it going out through one carrier, like I said earlier, how most contact centers work today, when somebody hits that button to start a call, it actually kicks off an entire sequence of looking it up, which route, best price, uh, yeah, best price, best quality. Then it sends the call on the way, and it sounds no different to your rep. But when you get that bill at the end of the month, for instance, you know, that's really where you're going to see the difference. And people save a lot of money this way. And they're actually able to open up, you know, 10, 20, 30 additional carriers without having to negotiate with them and just have it mm -hmm. automatically be routed across the highest quality folks. So it's really kind of a win-win-win across the board. You get some great new technology. It's smarter. The calls sound better. They're completed more often. And you save money. Okay, so so it sounds like the the more calls that are routed through the technology, the smarter it becomes. Do you want to say just a few more words about that technology for those uh, uh, those of our listeners who perhaps aren't as familiar with it? Yeah, absolutely. So what I like to say is it's kind of interesting. It's like think about a Tesla. You know, back to that auto driving example. You know, it was just going to drive you between your home and your work. You know, after about day two. The Tesla doesn't have, you know, if I was a machine, I'd be kind of bored, right? Because <laughs> I'm only going from one place to another all the time. There's not a lot of intelligence that's going to make that happen. Uh, but it's the same thing with these new, uh, with this new technology, you know, in the cloud for contact centers. The broader your call dispersal pattern, you know, you know, a lot of contact centers are calling, you know, 20, 30 states in a day, you know, sometimes more often than not. But what's great about this machine learning technology is the more, the broader your call dispersal pattern, you know, the more calls you're making to a more varied set of destinations, really the smarter that it gets. Because it basically can learn, you know, it's basically on a, almost on a, you know, it's on a daily basis, but it's really on a 30-day rotating basis where, you know, it just gets smarter and smarter and looks back at your, at your last month and says, okay, you know, we called all these different locations. How has the price book changed for these? You know, what, what other you know, uh, carriers potentially are available. They can be swapped in and swapped out. And again, it's all automatic and it just leads to all the outcomes that I already mentioned. So really, and I wanted to say too, that really there are two primary benefits to the technology, right? Is number one is that you have lots of carriers in route instead of just one or two. So you don't have outages anymore because if your primary is gone, it can do automatic, you know, uh, recovery, you know, mitigation over to another carrier or two until it can actually get that call completed. So your call completion rate goes way up and you don't have downtime anymore. 
And the second thing is interesting, Bruce, is I mentioned at the top of the show with COVID that scaling is, a, is an issue. But the great thing is with this technology, you can get more calls per second and scale without having to add any really expensive hardware or even software, really. Because, again, this is in the cloud. Just like trying to learn how we speak and turning that into speech, this technology can actually, you know, send more calls per second and, you know, find those best possible routes. Um, and you really kind of get, like I said, it really is a win-win-win for your contact guy. Right. Those are, uh, you know, really good insights. And I, I do know that there were people who sort of right after the lockdown were asking me, well, does this mean our call volumes are going to tank and uh, it's all going? And, of course, it absolutely depended. There were some who had unbelievable spikes that they weren't able to handle at the same time that they were sending people home and others who, in fact, did have uh, a real dip in their, their volume. So it depended on what industry, what companies, what uh, government agencies, all those sorts of things really made a huge difference in terms of, uh, you know, how, how the, uh, the COVID virus impacted them. Uh, you know, right. these are really good insights, uh, Tim. Thank you so much. We're, we're getting toward the end of uh, our time together. So what I'd like to do is to ask Alan to uh, ask some questions that have come in. Alan, over to you. Yes, we have a couple of questions here. The first one is from William. Uh, he's asking, you said these platforms make calls smarter. What are the data points that this technology uses to make calls smarter? Yeah, it's a great question. So kind of back to my previous answer is that you really the secret kind of lies in your call data, right? So when you're setting up a call, um, you know, it's looking at the to and the from. So let's just start with, you know, one of the great things about the technology is we can actually sort of use it to look through your last 30 days of phone calls, right? And uh, time machine for your last invoice. So the question that we ask it is, look, what if this machine learning power platform had smartly routed your calls? And the three data points that really make your calls uh, smarter are where the call originates from, right? The from number, where the call terminates, which is the to number, and then the length of the call itself. That's really all the data, you know, that we need. So all this data is found inside something called a call detail record or a CDR. And the data is entirely confidential. And what, what can be done with it is we can actually send that data through some algorithms through, you know, again, through those algorithms to see the best route for every call to ensure the high quality when they're delivered through the carrier set that's available and at the best price. So what's great about all this is what comes out is a very detailed map of how the calls would have been routed and what you would have saved. It's, it's very transparent data. So again, it's the where it's going to, where it's coming from, and the length of the call. That's really where the intelligence lies for the machine learning to key on those things and be able to spit back to you, hey, if we had made that call, right, using the price books we have today and the from and the to, how much could you have saved? And, uh, and also, of course, had that better delivery that we all want and scale. Yeah, you know, I think that's the uh, part that a lot of people uh, sometimes have trouble getting their arms around, and I think you've described it really well, Tim, and that is, uh, with the um, automated, automated learning, if you will, it's one thing to say, okay, I can understand if there's more information that's put in, but where does the system get slapped down? In other words, how does it learn by making mistakes? And how is those, are those mistakes recognized and then right. sort of churned into the system so that they, in fact, make things better going forward? And it, uh, I think you described it pretty well. Are there a few more words that you'd like to say on that specific thing to help people conceptually understand 
how this works? Yeah, no, Bruce, that's a great question. So it's kind of, think of it this way. So those who are very highly technical, you know, I'm going to, about to talk about a SIP ladder. Um, but basically, you know, inside of our, uh, or, or these, these tools that are available, you're able to actually look at, you know, the entirety of how the technology is trying to set up and get a call delivered, right? So if, if the technology picks up and tries to make the call and it sees what the route is and it tries to route the call and it fails for some reason, it instantly uh-huh. will do a retry, find the next best possible carrier and try again. And what's great is with this technology, you get to control which carriers get to make those tries in the first place. If there's an outage, they're automatically removed from the sequence so that, you know, the, the deliveries on the first try will, will happen a lot more often. You know, and lastly, you know, and we all know this, guys, you, know, you suddenly see an alert that, you know, level three or, or could be any of the big carriers have outages every day. You can actually manually go in and tell the system to stop routing calls, you know, through California on level three for the next seven days to route around a known outage, right? Just to get, a, you know, it may only be out for a couple hours, but you can safely, you know, have it pause for up to 30 days at a time. You know, really that's great about this software, this technology in the cloud is that you have full control, very simple. And, but a lot, of the, a lot of that rerouting is done automatically on the back end based on the data that's available to the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's an incredible amount of uh, power, but also flexibility uh, that, that uh, those systems can offer you. Great. Okay, Alan, do you, uh, do you have another question there? Yes, we do. We got one from Alex. Uh, he's asking, our operation has centers in three different countries, and we move calls among them. Does this sort of technology support this? Yeah, absolutely. So we know a lot of contact centers want to move their calls between, you know, physical locations, especially if they're global. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> that's actually called follow the sun. So most IVRs, most systems actually handle that. And the good news is that so does this technology. So when you have this many carriers, especially at the international level as well, um, you can set your own custom timetable for moving calls and did traffic, you know, phone number traffic, between centers with the technology so that literally at a, at a given time, the calls will just start to be routed to that additional contact center. And it all happens in the back end, and it's all completely programmable. Yeah, that's called follow the sun. Perfect. And I think we got one more question here from Sharon. And Sharon's asking, what what recommendations do you have for how to pick a better route platform? Yeah, that's great. And and again, that's really my term for, you know, these sort of advanced least cost routing platforms. And, you know, really the question is, how do you pick? So really it's kind of important. You kind of take a breath and realize that, you know, most contact centers today, high volume centers are powered by the cloud and they're using SIP trunking and hosted PBX for the most, for the most part. And that's really the key to interconnecting with these better route platforms, SIP trunking and hosted PBX. And what you want to look for is, you know, a system that has great carrier choice, right? One that has, you know, 30, 40 carriers, international and toll free, all built into the platform at the same time. The next thing you want to look for is the ability to turn carriers on and off, to do these custom route blocks and enablements. So, and you want to be able to do this not just network-wide, but also down to the area code and at the rate center level. And you need to be able to do that without filing a, a ticket. You want to be able to do it in real time or as close to real time as you can, and that's available in the newer systems. Next is, you know, an easy API with hands-on support. You want to work with folks that have really good support teams who actually pick up the phone 
and help you get this set up and running. It's, it literally takes usually just a couple minutes to set up the best ones and add the code to your existing system. And you can start routing calls intelligently literally the same day that you find one of these systems that you like. Of course, you also want to be paying attention to interoperability. You know, we've all heard of Twilio, Nexmo, Plevo, even SignalWire. These are all just well-known industry, you know, leaders, and these systems can interop with them. So, for instance, we have a lot of Twilio folks that love to use these systems. You just make one code change in about 60 seconds, and you can start routing your calls. And you also only want one bill to pay. You don't want to have to sign agreements with these 30 or 40 carriers. Nobody wants to do that. But you want to be able to pay one bill, and it should be less because you're finding these best routes at the best possible price and the highest quality. So you could just write one check and take care of it and save, you know, 30, 40, 50%. just depends on the system. And you also want to ask whoever you're going to look at for this kind of a system, you know, how often do they update their price books to keep their machine learning, you know, refreshed? How do they handle fraud protection? And also ask them about their investment in making their system smarter over time. All good questions to ask. Okay. Very good. No, I wouldn't have anything to add to that. I think that, uh, you know, when we're thinking about these systems in general, then quality, cost, and administrative ease all come into the picture here. And uh, sometimes we in the uh, call center uh, don't realize what the back office has to go through in order to support us. And uh, we expect everyone else in the organization, rightly so, to be sensitive to our needs, and we should be thinking about their needs as well, and uh, trying to make things as simple as possible, because nobody needs more bureaucracy in their lives. That includes our, our own back offices. So, uh, you know, bring together the quality, the cost, the admin can be really uh, positive things in terms of uh, the uh, operating uh, efficiency of, of our organization. So th these are great insights, Tim. Thanks so much. Uh, we're going to have sure. to close off, but before we do, let me just uh, offer the mic back to you for a second if you have any closing words for us. Yeah, I'd have to say that, you know, it, it's easy to um, just realize that, you know, our system is currently running today. It's doing fine. You know, we're kind of used to that voice bill and, um, you know, everything's great but I really challenge you to, to kind of get out of your comfort zone and take a look at these machine learning powered least cost routing platforms, these best route platforms as I call them. You know, there's great new technology that allows you to route calls more efficiently, really help you guys save on your bottom line. And especially in this day and age, we kicked off the show talking about coronavirus, COVID-19. It's going to be important to your CFO and your CEO that you guys in every department find ways to cut your cost of goods sold one way to do that is take a look at these platforms, unlock a whole bunch of additional carriers, save a significant amount of money that you can put back into your business because we all want to see everybody come back to work and stay employed and also, you know, really make it through this tough time. So it's really a good time to be looking. The technology is there, and I challenge everybody, you know, go out there and take a look and, uh, you know, see if it can help you. Okay. Thanks very much for that, Tim. Uh, great words. and. Uh... With that, I'd like to just wish all of our listeners uh, a great month. Uh, stay healthy, uh, be well, and uh, thank you very much for uh, listening with us. With that, I'll turn things over to Alan Potkider to close things up. Thanks again to Tim and to Bruce for your insightful discussion on today's show. Be sure to join us next month for another great show or look at our huge selection or of archived hot topics at benchmarkportal.com. Then click on Call Talk where you'll find over 11 seasons. 
From all of us at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Alan Potcotter signing out. Have a great day. Thank <laughs> you.